Hey, what's up, friends? My name is Adam McRoberts, and this is the Do Big Things Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. We offer professional support for all of your ultra marathon or supported adventures. We can coach you up or we can crew you in. Whatever you need, we want you to do big things. We're here to help. We're here to support. We are here to inspire. My guest today is a big inspiration. My man, Jason, just hiked all of the 58 Colorado 14,000 foot peaks, and he did it in 40 days. So you can do the math there. He obviously had a few days where he climbed more than just one. I really wanted to talk with him, pontificate a little bit, reminisce, because I did a similar sojourn to this uh, a little over a decade ago. I lived in Wisconsin at the time, and I took all my vacation time from my crappy little job, and I drove my pickup truck out to Colorado where I started hiking 14ers and camping in my truck. It was a big moment in my life, for sure, because I wasn't a climber, I wasn't a runner, or even a hiker at the time. I just wanted to go out and do big things. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I remember in the first few peaks I was carrying a gun, some rope, I was wearing these big leather hiking boots. I don't even know what I was going to do with the rope. I mean, don't mountaineers carry rope? Uh, in a lot of ways, I was scared, but I was determined to have this big adventure. When my vacation time was all up, I called my job from the top of Mount Yale, where I just happened to have phone reception, and I asked them for a leave of absence so I could continue my journey. When they denied it, I quit my job on the spot right there on top of Mount Yale. Uh, needless to say, this was a big time in my life. It was primarily a solo journey. I was doing a lot of soul searching. I was discovering Colorado, but more importantly, I think I was discovering myself. I fell in love with Colorado and a lot of the little mountain towns, primarily Leadville, Colorado. Uh, there was one rainy morning I woke up in my truck right outside of Leadville and decided I didn't want to hike in the rain. So I drove into town for breakfast and I couldn't help but notice hundreds of runners. Uh, not only were they running in the rain, but they were running up into the mountains and right into the storm that I was wussing out on. I was totally blown away. Uh, I drove into town and asked what was going on and told that it was the Leadville 100 weekend. At that time, I'd never heard of a 100-mile run, but you better believe a seed was planted that day. It was about four years later, I ran the Leadville 100 in just under 30 hours. And two years after that, I was living in Colorado, and I ran it again in under 25 hours. Uh, there was a lot that happened to me on that trip. I ended up hiking 47 peaks in 60 days on that life-changing trip, and eventually I ran out of money and good weather. Winter was moving in, and uh, I had to go home and find a new job. I ended up writing a book about my journey and self-published it under a pseudonym. Uh, I called it Peak Bagger. Uh, it's probably pretty hard to find now. I might have a few dusty copies laying around here if anyone's interested. Um, years later, you know, now I, I live in Colorado. I'm an ultra runner. 
I run up and down the peaks outside of Boulder, and I, I hike the 14ers on the weekends whenever I get a chance. My trip was pretty life-changing, to say the least. That is why I had to hear about Jason's adventure, which you are about to hear. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Jason. Hey, how you doing, Adam? Hey, what's up, buddy? Not much, not much. Good to hear you. Yeah, likewise, man. Um, where are you calling from? <laughs> Funny story. I'm actually sitting in New Orleans right now. Oh, um, nice. Back home. Uh, typically, okay, people really just started pouring out. And we're getting some of the bands from uh, that hurricane down in the Gulf. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is it looking pretty nasty? Uh, it, well, yeah, for people to the west of us, for sure. Like over okay. here, like Charles in Texas. But we're just going to get some heavy rain wind here today nothing too bad okay good (laughs) good to hear how long have you been down there uh about 17 years with a few with a few years um more or less mostly in vermont uh just in between film work so i spent a lot of time up there doing seasonal work like uh downhill mountain biking and snowboard instructing okay Nice. What kind but, of yeah. film work? Uh, major features. Um, IATSE Union out of New Orleans here. Um, we had a pretty good run a few years, for a few years, quite a few years back. Uh, lately, it's just been more or less shows. But um, yeah, I did a bunch of features back in the day. Like my first movie was Twenty One Jump Street with Channing Tatum. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. So, um, what's your job? What do you do? I'm a grip. Oh, nice. Okay. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, we do a lot of stuff, <laughs> but um, my my favorite part about the film is the production, the fast pace, and just and it's the problem solving. You know, it's to make it, to make things continue moving on as fast as possible. But uh, okay. But yeah, it's been a fun. Have you worked on? Have you worked on any other movies I've heard of? I'm uh, kind of a movie buff. Yeah, I could give you a quick little list. Um, off the top of my... Well, actually, here, I might have in this other book right here. Uh, yeah, so I worked on Django Unchained. Um, nice. 12 Years a Slave. I did True Detective Season 1 with uh, okay. Woody there. Did American Horror Story Seasons uh, 3 and 4. And then, movie-wise, uh, The Big Short was shot here in New Orleans. Um, mm. The Magnificent Seven, we did a majority here in Louisiana. Um, okay. Just trying to think of like, some other larger movies. We did a lot of Claws, like some other shows. Um, 
but those are like the larger of the movies. A, a bunch of other smaller, smaller shows. Oh, actually, I looked at cool, Jurassic man. World. That was uh, a big chunk of that here in New Orleans. Nice. Yeah. Who is your favorite movie director to work with? You know, probably The Big Short with Adam McKay. Like, he, okay. Um, or uh, he he was fun, but on True Detective, uh, Carrie Fukunaga was pretty awesome too. He, he okay. Was fun to work with. But yeah, it's been what a makes, interesting. What makes a good director in your eyes? Uh, <laughs> or are you mainly working with more producers? Uh, you know, it's we kind of I've worked uh, more with director um in ads but i guess a good director is it's, it's like somebody who knows all aspects and what it takes not just seeing it like mm. you know like i've worked with a couple of dps directors of photography that have actually you know were grips for a few years or did other jobs that aren't just like a uh, PAs or something like they got into it a little more so they understand you know the the stress and the stuff sometimes involved with it so that, so they'll be not so much more lenient but they'll they won't push you in times when they know that it's like you're doing something as best as you can with the circumstances so you know chill out <laughs> Right. So that that would probably be like the better directors is somebody who's more understanding to all aspects of the of the jobs. Gotcha. Okay. I gotta ask what uh Quentin Tarantino was like. Uh he is um definitely a character. Uh lots of shows, you know, or not not shows, um we did lots of like little after parties, so I definitely hung out around him and with him. Um he uh, pretty unique, you know. Like, don't pull, don't pull your phone out around him. He'll, he'll be in the middle of a conversation, and somebody will like definitely start to pull their phones out to like take a picture, and he'll, he'll notice that, and he'll just downright get pretty aggressive about it. And he's got people there to kind of protect him, ah. protect him. But he's just really, he's like traditional. Um, one, one mm. thing, one thing that he did on on Django that was really awesome is is uh everybody has to turn their phone in, you know, when they're going on set. And, you know, I was fairly new to the industry. Yeah, I've heard that he does that. Fairly new to the industry, but I understood it for the most part. You know, like if a phone rings in the middle of a take that takes 20 minutes to set up, that's an hour with 100 people, there's, you know, that just costs like $30,000. <laughs> you know, it's that phone ring so he's a little diligent but no he was uh he would play music and allow you know keep the morale and people talking nowadays you just get on a set and everybody's in their corner that they find on the phone and you know no one really talks and i can't imagine what it's going to be like now you know we haven't gone back to work since since covid so okay um kind of interested to see how that's gonna how the system is going to work now but no he's he's a pretty he's a pretty wild person though (laughs) that's cool that's cool so is that how you um decided to come out and do the 14ers because you were out of work or like in between jobs that's exactly what uh prompted the the adventure um i 
was working on a couple shows previous to COVID hitting. And um, so I've gotten a few emails about dates. And pretty much every time I get a date, I can count on it being pushed back two weeks from then. Uh, for instance, like the, the latest date I got was September 28th now to start reshooting on a show that we were doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so originally it was uh, like August or mid-August. And that's when I kind of came up with this time frame and what gave me that time frame to figure out, you know, like if, if going out there to try to attempt to climb all the mountains or just do something. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of like sat down for a week or two and, you know, studied and put together this little like mini itinerary um, and decided that, yeah, I was going to just, get in my Tahoe and take a drive <laughs> and awesome and awesome. but yeah it was that was exactly it it was um just indefinitely not going to get a phone call it's mm, the only yep. phone calls I get right now is them telling us any updates in the protocols and what's what they're trying to do but ultimately I, I just it's kind of crazy because you know we work with 30 to 40 people in bedrooms at times like how do you how are we gonna overlap this and to make everybody you know happy in that situation and and plus it's just you can't really control the environment like having to bring props in or an extra that could have passed so it's just it's it's virtually impossible unless they pretty much do what like the NBA is doing and lock down a, a whole studio area and keep them, keep the people in. And it's just, it's, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go back to work, but. <laughs> <laughs> it still may be. Do you know other people in your line of work that, that are going back to work yeah, now? There's, and, there's uh, some smaller things and right. some people that went and finished up projects um, that were started. I just got an email from a show that it looks like they're coming up with a schedule um, that was in the last couple episodes. They were actually the last season, last couple episodes when this happened. So it looks like they're going to try to close that up. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm, it's it's crazy because I had just come back from Vermont like a year and a half ago or so. Um, so I was just putting my foot back into the door with like longer period shows. I like, it's called a day player. Um, kind of like the concept of that. It allows me to do more crazy random things at times. <laughs> um and then if ever a show does arise that's like a week, two weeks, two months, I'll take it. But for the most part, I've been like hopping around shows for a year before this happened. Um, which, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's for me, I like the lifestyle. <laughs> um, you make a fair amount of money on in a day. So it's like realistically, I, I could work like, you know, five to 10 days a month and pay my bills mm. and have enough money to mm. do something. So I've been sure. like semi-retired lifestyle, some would say. 
but it it, okay. it it goes up and down. I mean, there'll be long periods of no work where, you know, good income, you divide that in half and it becomes fairly low income. So the, yeah. the periods of time, you've got to stay busy in order to make that work. Um, gotcha. And unfortunately, Louisiana unemployment doesn't, it's, it's not what nearly what most states are. Um, okay. We get like 222 a week after after they take the taxes out and like most states are like okay four to six hundred um i mean like your rent and electric bill takes up your your unemployment so it makes it a little more difficult for sure but uh yeah absolutely yeah no it's been well that's cool that's cool dude so you are primarily a cyclist correct yeah <laughs> um yeah you could, you could say that definitely uh Never really spent so how, much time like running, or, but yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Like tell me about your cycling career and how you eventually came to discover the 14ers and how you planned this project out. Well, uh, coincidentally this morning, I think on Facebook popped up a, a, a Memory from six years ago, I think, was the first time I went into the 14ers, yeah, six years ago, uh, um, which was maybe a year or two after I got on a bike. Um, I, was, I was dating a triathlete and mm-hmm. and just wanted to, like, get out and do something with her. And uh, so we had a friend, um, got the bike got a great bike actually I love that bike forever um till I broke it <laughs> but uh got got this bike and just started training and I'll never forget my first like 10 mile ride when I was just asking how much longer and this and that and uh and then the 20 mile rides and then it just got longer and funner um so probably like six years or so seven seven years maybe I've been cycling um and as soon as I got on a road bike, I just wish I had gotten on one at, at a younger age because I always had legs, mm-hmm. you know, just strong legs doing stuff and never experienced it. And as soon as I got on one, I was just, I loved that I found something my legs could do nice. that was fun, fast. Yeah. Um, so I started riding a lot more, uh, attempted a couple races, did fairly well the second one around. Um, and then just got in with a group of people and kind of stayed with that group of people, which is now, I mean, they were semi-tough cycling club out of New Orleans. Um, stayed with them. I now race for Urban South Brewery along with a bunch of other side companies um, that are our, like sub-sponsors uh, through semi-tough. Um, so that was, that was a nice, a nice thing to, to kind of keep me motivated. I love the races. Um, yeah, so so the cycling, and then just I ended up taking a trip with a buddy that trip six years ago to go attempt four mountains um, in the Chicago basin, and okay. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I I grew up. Uh, my uncle used to take me hiking in the Catskills. I grew up in upstate New York. Um, Got it. So uh, like doing like the thirty six hundred club mountains i did a couple with him back in the day like some winter hikes it was pretty fun um okay so i I was always interested in doing more 
in the bigger mountains. And I've just always loved the mountains. Um, For sure. But with the cycling, yeah, also having no race season this this year, it just opened up like mm-hmm. my entire schedule. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess mentally, I, I I thought about the 14ers and this this adventure is a little bit of a cross training meets like just lifetime, you know, just a journey of a lifetime for myself. Uh, yeah. And just perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> Every like I, I just yeah. it's just so surreal to look back and just how everything worked out. Um, pretty pretty good. That's cool, man. The stars aligned. It was meant. It was meant to happen. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I would every. I would like to think so with everything. Um, That's cool. Yeah, met some great people and and, and had some. So why did. Why did you decide to come do the 14ers instead of, um, you know, some other project like, like, so I did kind of, the, kind of the same trip that you took and this was like 11 years ago. So I lived in Wisconsin and I had hiked like one 14er with this girl I dated. Uh, gosh, it must, it's like 14, 15 years ago now. And so my first 14er was Quandry, Quandry Peak. And I always just kind of had it in my head, like, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the mountains were so cool. And I just had this real affinity for Colorado in general and in the mountains out here. And uh, so for me personally, I was kind of in between jobs too. And uh, I knew I wanted to do something big, but you know, I wasn't really sure what, so I was tossing around ideas like the Appalachian trail, the Colorado trail. And then I thought, I wonder how many of those 14ers there are, you know, and looked it up and found out there's 58 of them and then slowly started piecing this trip together. Um, what made you decide to come out and do the 14ers? Um, well, so I've got a bit of an adventurous uh, family. Um, my uncle's okay. done the Appalachian Trail one in just about half, one and a half times. Um, he passed a few years back. Uh, his daughter and son both have done it. Um so it's, it's, there was like, I guess, well, with me wanting to go there, I just, ever since I was up on like literally the summit blocks on, on Sunlight Peak and just pressing my, my, uh, nerve meter to the limit at that point, um, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to go back to that. And it was, it, Growing up in the Northeast and living down here in the flatlands is quite, quite a change up. And I guess it does drive me a little mad at times. So I try to get my, my mountains, you know, like living in Vermont was lovely. It was nice. Um, there's just being in the mountains, I guess it, it's, I couldn't explain any one particular part. Just mm-hmm. it's, it was getting back there just getting back into that and at the same time pushing that that meter that just getting back into something that for me I, this is going to sound funny i guess i like when i'm roped in or anything i'm pretty fearless but definitely mm-hmm. when i'm on a face or anything without a rope i'm i don't particularly like heights <laughs> <laughs> um uh 
my my mother would vouch for that. Uh, I mean, it it, was, it took like two hours for me to jump off a 15 foot cliff in the water the first time I ever jumped, and then and from then it was like you know I'll backflip off a 40 foot cliff in the water now. But it it's it was just there's as the trip progressed, I got more and more easy with it. But no, it was there's something that I just enjoy about that feeling. Um, and it's not being scared. It's just being like, uh, I swear, it's like, I guess it's like ultra control. It's like you're, it's like being in a race, you know, it's just your focus. It's your adrenaline's going, but it's like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's super hard to explain what draws me particularly to the 14ers and and for not being able to do something like that so frequently, like I just, I knew I was in love with it when I went and I just couldn't wait to get back into it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Nope. I get it a hundred percent. Like, um, you know, you have to be present out there. Like, <clears throat> I mean, your mind can wander a little bit if, if you're just like, walking up a trail that's real easy but if you're if you start getting out on some technical terrain you have to be 100 percent present and um you know i think that's missing in life sometimes um you know the the day-to-day busy life um working at a job that you're somewhat familiar with you can kind of get into a rhythm where you don't necessarily have to be present and uh being present is a pretty special place. Um, I'm sure that you experience it in cycling as well as is out here on the 14ers, but, but I get it. And I've said this before, like some people are ocean people and some people are mountain people. They're just drawn to it for whatever reason. It's like, they just feel like that's home almost. And um, it sounds like that's how it was for you in the mountains. And I know that's definitely how it was for me. I mean, it, it, it honestly still is. I mean, I missed it the day after yeah. I got home. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. It's yeah. I just, I love it out there. And, and it's also just the way I feel, I guess. Um, I just felt so good up there. You know, like just breathing, fitness, everything. It's just, it's, it's pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> Colorado is pretty yeah. a good place to be. It is. It really is. So how old are you? Uh, 30, I'll be 37 in about a month. Okay. Yeah, just about a month. Okay, nice. Cool. Uh, so I'm trying to think. I was like 33, 34, right, right around there when I came out and did it. So pretty close to the, the same age when we kind of did this adventure. But you did a, all the 14ers. There's 58 of them in didn't you do them like in 40 days or something like that? Yeah, it was uh, 40 days total. Was wow. In... So that's pretty intense. So you were hitting multiple peaks on some of those days for sure. Um, what was your strategy like? And, and were you planning on knocking them all out in, in 40 days? Or so, um, how did that happen? So this, the way I kind of figured it, when I was just kind of hanging out with my housemate. And... And we, we've talked about it, like how I wanted to go do it. I, initially, I just wanted to go do Elks Range this year. Um, this was this was my plan last winter. And come like around this time, I was going to try to go do Elks. Uh, and then once COVID hit, I kind of changed all kinds of plans. But I, I came up with this, like, I guess just a, a list 
and the way I did it is pretty much the most fluid way. Um, I was going to try to contact some like record holders and because there's obviously the world record that's just insane. Um, it's like nine days, 23 hours or something. So there's definitely some really good fluid route <laughs> that you could do them. But with me just like setting initially I set the bar at like 45 because that's how many days I had. It was like 45 to 50 days okay. to be okay. back to potentially start work. Um, Got it. Okay. So I, I put this list together and I did a bunch of research and I was like looking at the ones that were the doubles, you know, like Grays and Tories, uh, the beer stat Evans, like some that, that were feasibly. And then without really being there to understand it in its, in its entirety, but I just came up with this list um, and it, it, i put it right into like 45 days and uh, just kind of, put that out there and the you know the funniest thing is i put calabra as my first day because i wanted to get that one done because it's it was like in the drive it would have been the most feasible in the corner continue the rest but um i sure. was lucky you have a permit i i did i did them all okay i did them all except obviously the one that you just can't do legally which is bros like there's no way yes. to technically okay. do bros legally um, yep. but yes, I did obtain my permit. It rained crazy the day before and it was super cloudy and I saw nothing off the summit, but it was Calabra. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up getting so on the 17th versus the first. So it, it kind of threw the, my list off just a little bit where I had to like double back down to the Southeast, uh, to the Sangers just to hit that initially. But then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll leave a couple so that way it's not just going down there for a day. And and it, it made it made it a little interesting. But um, this list I came up with, actually, my mother was like checking it off as I went and I almost did it in its order. Um, nice. It was pretty crazy how it worked out once, once I settled in. Um, the first two, the first three days were pretty interesting. Um, that was, uh, I, well, I spent, I think, like, four days in New Mexico. I, I tried to give myself somewhat of an acclimation by, like, I, I, went and did, sure. I went and did Wheeler just to see how I would feel down in New Mexico. Okay. And um, felt pretty good. Had no issues going up, coming down, sleeping up at high elevation. I was like, oh, this is cool. Ended up doing a bunch of trout fishing and then came in to uh, – Como Lake was the first day. Uh, okay. And so initially I was driving in. My plan was to like drive in, hike in, camp, do a mountain, and then, you know, I did to figure it out. So the days would have been more full. But after, after the first couple of days, I realized that, uh, my system could be altered a little bit because after well, day one, I ended up getting up there and then I did Blanca Ellingwood and on the walk out, I did a uh, little bear because I just felt uh, pretty, pretty good. And it was pretty interesting. I was like, yeah, let me try it. Uh, so I went. Up, so you did all three of those on the same day? Yeah. And that was my first day of climbing. <laughs> 
fourteeners. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> Talk about just jumping off to the deep end. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing that I I summited Little Bear like four thirty, I think it was that day. There was okay. nobody ahead of me, behind me. It was that's that was kind of nice. Um, and I got back to camp and I camped out that night and then piked out the next day. Um, okay. That was the first day, and I I realized right then that I needed to like do something because I was, I ended up spending all day the second traveling, like instead of getting to the next mountain that night and being ready mm, yep. and just trying to get, yep. so I realized pretty quick to, to kind of change it up. Um, so after that group on the third, I went to uh, South Colony and the Crestones, which was going to be my second okay. group. And I went in, and it was kind of this was probably the the pace setter day for the entire trip. Um, I was do, um, I was doing them alone at this point, even the hard ones. And uh, so I was going to initially do Humboldt the first day, like you know, let me work up to Crestone. But I got up, and the weather looked nice, and I just kind of went. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for Crestone. Uh, peak and so when i um i went for crestone peak and uh that was the day on july 3rd when they had the rock fall and there was um this guy rodney got tagged with a rock above me that i was below and dove under some rocks it was pretty crazy like i don't do this (laughs) but the sound is such a surreal sound and i knew it immediately going up the red gully i just heard this like knocking noise i didn't have headphones in and it just like instantly hit me i was like rock fall and i dove under this big rock in the gully and a bunch of rocks came flying by and i was so mad because i knew there was a couple people above me and nobody yelled rock fall nobody yelled anything and i was just so furious so i get up there and i'm like out of breath because I kind of I was still like shaking a little but um I get up there and there's one guy just kneeling and then the older gentleman Rodney was sitting on the phone and I, I started to say can you all please yell rockfall and like right then I heard Rodney say I think my legs broke and this and that and I looked and I, I said straight at him I was like are you injured and he was like I think my legs broke and I was like oh boy and it instantly changed my my mental state then but um mm-hmm. so after quickly assessing the situation it was indeed pretty bad and uh we were at 13,150 feet or so and I knew that we weren't okay. gonna there was no way we were gonna get him out of there so ended up staying up there all day till about 4:30 when they were able to get to finally get him off the ground on the hel- in the helicopter from the cliff side and um wow so on the th- second day of climbing for me, I got the rock fall and then the climber. So it shook me up pretty quick. That was uh, needless yeah. to say. So after that day, uh, I then went and did humble because <laughs> I was like, I have to do something easy. Uh, so did humble, uh-huh. hiked out, got more supplies 
came back in and that's when I met my friend Kirsty, who then went the following day on July 5th with me and did Crestone Peak and the Needle. And we got both of those taken care of. And it kind of, she helped me push through. Okay. So those were the first few days. Um, but yeah, the pace from then, I never really anticipated being as healthy feeling as I was, um, to tell you the truth. I was pretty amazed at my recovery rate and just like I would get down to the bottom of a mountain. I was running, which was crazy because um, I was really enjoying it <laughs> and uh, or at least running down. And I, I don't have like those runner's vests. I was running with a bag with my rain gear and like two now jeans and stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty interesting. That's how I started. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy it. I just, I, I'm a little bit of a boy scout. I like having my stuff, you know, I like having what I need when I need it. For sure. So the minimalist is, is nice for certain stuff, but I guess out there for me, I just felt comfortable always having my rain gear and always having some extra stuff and just food. Um, but yeah, so I just, uh, after those first couple of days, I realized that I can handle these longer hikes and, or what I thought were longer hikes. And then I didn't realize the long ones were, I'm glad the way I planned it, the longest ones were in the end. <laughs> uh, I worked up to them, we'll say. Um, but it was, there was pretty crazy, um, I guess the funniest thing that you'll probably get a kick out of and a lot of people will get a kick out of is I don't think I ever once got up before six o'clock. Not for one. Oh, uh, really? Maybe the earliest I got up was 6 a.m., but so, I still yeah. almost started hiking at either like 6 to 7.30, sometimes 8.30, maybe 9 every day. I... Okay. So to anybody listening, the rule of thumb on when you're climbing a 14er is you want to be off the summit by noon. So most people start really early in the morning to, to ensure that they're off the summit by noon. Um, do you, why, why did you choose that method? Did you just like to No, because I was up because it was, it was actually about. a little, I mean, living in the South, I was kind of cold and I didn't necessarily pack a hundred percent properly for the overnight climates. So I, was like double layers and stuff um what it was I, I guess after the first couple of days I realized one thing is a, a pace um and I had a pretty consistent pace so watching the weather I definitely was mindful of like a 12 o'clock storm or a two o'clock storm or say later and I also had this just kind of philosophy that I'm out there. I didn't really want to hike at night in the mornings where I can't see things. It was just, I enjoyed like seeing stuff. I didn't feel threatened by the weather because of my pace. Like I, if, if somebody's going to go do just one mountain in a day and the weather's going to be great till 4 PM, I, I just, I don't necessarily understand why they would still start at four in the morning with headlamps. Yeah, there's not much of a threat if you can get off uh, safely without having to worry yeah. about storms on the summit. Uh, that I guess for me, that was one thing I was just 
I really, once I, once I had my pace kind of dialed in, um, I used that more to my advantage and, and I definitely adjusted my pace when the weather adjusted. So there are days that I watched clouds before I was on a peak or near the summit, um, building. And I was like, crap, uh, should have started earlier, you know, but I would pick my pace up a little bit and I would still make it down and the sun would be out. It was, it was a mind game. I definitely kind of, I second guessed my starts a couple times, but everything worked out. Like it was, it just somehow worked out like that. Um, the, the long days, this was the, this was the amazing race part of it is knowing like I had the Belford, Oxford, Missouri, I was going to do those together. Um, like, so the long days that I did, I kind of looked a little ahead and I would maybe change, like I did a couple moments where I would drive to the other side of a range and then back because the fuller good day would be a better option for the longer, you know, the, the guaranteed longer day. Um, yep. but then again, I also did yep. get lucky a couple of times, uh, especially with like the, the collegiates was just perfect weather throughout them. Um, so I didn't really have to negate mm-hmm. stuff too bad there. Uh, couple long days, like, like the 16 mile days are long days. Um, the Belford loop, the Harvard Columbia yeah. traverse, those were back to back. Um, but they're they're nice. Uh, definitely enjoy. So how did you how did you um, what was your route when you did like say Harvard Columbia? Did you drive no, all the way down into the basin? I am so glad I, I did not because when I did the uh, I did the traverse, um, okay. and that was the first okay. uh, traverse that I attempted. I guess you would say because well no because I did the Blanca and Ellingwood traverse. Um, but, but, uh, so this one, when I read it in, uh, Roach's book, how it was like a three hour, you know, pretty much count, count on it, taking three hours, this and that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, took it as it was written, but, uh, it didn't seem too hard. And what, what a lot of people seem to really not like, are like Boulder Fields and large talus. I, I move faster in Boulder Fields and Large Towers. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know. I, I love kind of cruising over top of that stuff. Um, and when I got to that Boulder mm-hmm. Field, I had a great time in that traverse. And there was a couple snow crossings still. Cool. Um, it, it took a long time, but it was fun. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like super exposed. Yeah. You could make it crazier if you wanted to do this one descent in this little goalie. But it was, yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, but that's how I did that. And then coming down Columbia, I'm really happy I made that decision because Columbia is like a stairmaster, and they are gigantic yeah, steps. I just, I, and I, you know, I just saw a 70 plus year old woman did it like a few days ago. I posted it on the Facebook 14ers, and I was like, that's beast mode. <laughs> it's like. This to, to just I remember running down it and it was just nonstop, just huge steps. Just and I think 
redid some of the trailer. So I think you, I was just gonna say, yeah, they redid some of that trail. Like uh, it seemed like they were working on it for years, but I think they finally yeah, it seems pretty fresh. <laughs> but that was uh, that that was yep. I recommend if people do the Harvard Columbia, the two of them go Harvard to Columbia <laughs> on that traverse because going straight to Columbia. Yeah probably beat you up more than that traverse it's just it's just even for sure that's cool well i've never i've never done that traverse man i've always been interested in it and uh i know some people that are kind of at my level with climbing and scrambling and and they said it was it's fun but it's a little bit difficult and you can definitely get hung up on it so for whatever reason, I always shied away from it. But I mean, there, I, it was early on for me. So the route finding, you know, I didn't really feel like it was terribly hard for route finding. I've read some things like that's That was one of the concerns. Um, maybe through that boulder field and some stuff might have been you could kind of for me. Once I get to those areas, if I see a Karen far enough ahead, I just kind of shoot for the line. Like I don't necessarily try to follow every single Karen through a mm-hmm. field because I might have a better line for myself, a rock field. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it was, I just didn't, I didn't feel like that one hurt my brain so much. There was some other ones that definitely got me, got me a little flustered. But, um, yeah. Well, you said you did Alfred, Oxford, and Missouri in one day. Did you take the um, south, I think it's like a southeast ridge up Missouri to cut time off, or did you drop all the way down? I did the standard down and up and down and up. And one guy, so I started with okay. Missouri. Um, and it was, <laughs> oh, okay. it's crazy. It's not necessarily a bad idea, I guess, if somebody wants to get half of their day done in the first mountain. Um because the way it seemed, I think I did, it was just just about, I don't know, like in between, just under a half pretty much for elevation gain and mileage by the time I got down Missouri. So it left very. Yeah. If you're starting from the Missouri Basin, if you're starting like way down at the road, that trailhead, yeah. That's yeah. Probably, that sounds about right. It was a pretty long, long hike, so that – that, yeah, that was a pretty long hike to get up. Um, and once I got to the top, someone actually came up that ridge uh, towards us, and I I talked to him briefly, and they said there was a section, and it sounded kind of similar to the Crestone Traverse deal, where going up is okay, but going down might be a little bit too much. Um, coming from Missouri out, it sounded, he just – he made it sound pretty – pretty tough and loose and and uh for just being solo it's it wasn't worth like necessarily teaching myself a little more at that time that early in the day too I just it for sure it was one of those things I just knew there was a long day and I didn't want to get myself to a point where I have to turn around or it just I just stuck with the standard and that that happened a couple times throughout this journey it's like taking the standard route and just, you know, don't get too adventurous with the weather. And, um, but no, that, yep. that was a, definitely a long one getting down Missouri back up out of the basin. Once you get up and do that, that ridgeline is pretty long too. 
So you're like almost on one peak, then you go over. And I think I forget it's like Belford is the oh, yeah. one off to the to the north. So it's like you go off through that, then when you get there, you look at the ridge coming back and it's actually more of an ascent going back and you're just like oh, it's after a long day. It was it was a that was one of the the harder days for sure. Just a, on the mental level. Cause yeah. I think it was just about yep. seven thousand foot of ascent. Um, and like 15 miles total for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. That um, I did that to myself a couple times, honestly, like underestimated the days for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, hey, man, that's all part of it. You know, when you've never seen the terrain before, you're just looking at the Jerry Roach guidebook and you're just trying to put everything together yourself. I mean, 11 years ago when I did this, I had the Jerry Roach handbook, and then all I had was, uh, you know, I, I had printed, I had found like two blogs on the internet, and that was really all the information I could find online at that time, and I had printed this stuff up, so I was carrying around this like manuscript of like 50 pages of somebody's blog entries, just trying to piece all these things together, so between that and, and Jerry Roach's book, you know, it was kind of a, a choose your own adventure. And, uh, you know, looking back, it wasn't fluid in any way because I ended up crisscrossing all over the state, uh, multiple times just to, to tag whatever peaks seemed to make sense with the weather and whatnot. But, um, so did you like, did you make a, like one big loop all the way around the state in order to knock them all out in 40 days? Or did you end up doing I did, uh, a bit of, a bit of back and forth, not so much crisscrossing. Um, just this, these are the little things that I learned when I got there was, um, you know, like looking at maps and trying to figure out mileage between mountains and you find, you know, on Google maps, you'll see a road connect, but then you get there and that road is like impassable without like a side by side or something at points and I was mm-hmm. I only found a couple passes that I just didn't want to risk like the one at a URA there was a, a, a cross so I ended up going all the way around a range um oh, yeah that point. was a long one um there was I made the mistake of driving over cinnamon pass when I was out there because I didn't know any better and I'm just looking at a map and I'm like, okay, that looks like this is a four wheel drive road, but it looks way, way quicker. And uh, I was just driving a little Ford Ranger and dude, I was more scared driving on cinnamon pass than I was hiking. (laughs) I just white. Oh dude. I just knuckled (laughs) it the whole time. I'm like, well, never. Yeah, no, I actually, there were a couple of roads that gave me some good, the the heebie-jeebies. Um, I guess I'm always, I just, I worry about mother nature more than like my, my falter and like mm-hmm. washouts and stuff like that. And now honestly, every road, the, the road going into, um, uh, Snapples, I was like rubbernecking straight up. I, I'm just scared to death of rockfall. <laughs> um, um, yeah. and leaving the roads, like it was so hard to drive on the roads. But they're, um, some of them just gave me some serious creeps. Like, it was pretty wild. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. 
But I, I, I tell you what. A uh, freaked me out back in the day. I don't know if he drove that road up to a certain point. It's just like a, it's like there's just enough room for one car. So if another car is coming the opposite direction, somebody has to, you know, back up for a super long ways. And it's a really gnarly. Which one is that? Uh, Princeton. And uh, yeah, yeah. going up Princeton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple passing. Oh, uh, that one just. I've done it a couple. I've done it a couple times since then, and now it doesn't bother me as bad, but. You know, being a being a Wisconsin boy, like and here I am, just new to Colorado, and you just have that feeling like when you're going up, you don't know, you know, this is really gnarly, but you don't know what's up ahead. And so I'm just like shitting my pants the whole time driving up. I'm like, oh my god, like what am I doing? This is stupid. And then I just remember like another car was coming the opposite direction, and we had to wiggle our cars past each other, and it was. Dude, I was more scared driving some of the roads than I was doing the actual hike. I, I'm actually I'm right there with you, bud. Uh, there's there's a couple, <laughs> and there's a there's a couple of reasons I feel that way. Um, I never wanted to put too much stress on my vehicle because obviously this is like one yep. of the crucial parts of my my journey. Um, but I, yeah, it's your house. Yeah, You're camping in it. Yeah, right? it was everything. Um. I definitely, I took it places that I didn't think I would ever take a stock Tahoe uh, and an older one at that, but it was, it was great. Um, like Yankee boy basin that there, there was like that crux spot where you got to go up and over. That was super fun. Just super take it slow. Um, I mean, I grew up four wheeling up in the Northeast, so I kind of understand it, but that's, it's a whole different level when you got like exposure and, you know, like just different stuff to deal with too. But, uh, for sure. And yeah, you're driving, you're literally driving what you're going to be living in for, you know, 40 days. For me, it was 60 days. And, uh, you know, all your gear is in there. So as you're driving up these four wheel drive roads, like everything's just shifting and rocking all over the place. I remember I had this toolbox and it was just making all this noise as I'm going up and down these roads. And I'm just like, yeah, man, it's just, you're, you're just nervous of, of what's ahead because, you know, it's all new territory. You've never seen it before. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm just going to end up driving off one of these cliffs accidentally. And that's going to be. Yeah, I didn't drive off a cliff. I just launched one of my suitcases off of on, um, on, yeah, on Nelly Creek going up to Uncompare. Um, I, so yeah. it was totally my fault. And it's, it's, I've, one of the things I learned is when you think of something, just do it. Like when it comes to, if you think you're going to be lazy for not doing something, you should probably do it because it's going to backfire. Um, I pulled this suitcase out to make more space. When I, Every day you have to reorganize or re adjust things because of just that like the trails they flop things around so i was every day i would take an hour reorganize regroup make it nice and uh so i took a suitcase out and put it under my vehicle overnight and so uh in the i drove up to the creek and it was it was nighttime when i got there for the first the first night and uh i just didn't feel comfortable four-wheeling past there i was tired it was a long day already. I think mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. There was. What the hell? They hikes, grazed, tourism. 
so many days. Um, forget which day. But anyway, all right, so so I'm I'm going up. Um, I get up the next morning and I saw some cars go by that I just was like, "There's no way. Why are they going past me, and not turning around and parking below me?" And I was like, "If they can make it, I can make it." So I, I so I put the suitcase on the top of my Tahoe, and I thought about it, and I thought about clipping this little thing around, and I was like, "No, you know, I drove some. It's not too bad." And I started going once I got past the creek and up there's a spot where the vehicle, I just remember like kind of aggressively side to side. Like I went over a fairly big rock and it just shifted everything side to side. Like stuff fell and it didn't dawn on me. And I got all the way out to the trailhead and popped out. And what I would do is I would stick my shoes under the crossbar in the top after I would get down from any mountain, like let them air out, drive in between and, and just kind of... So I would do that, and I go up, I pull yeah. over, I get up, park, get my shoes, and I just kind of look for a second, and I'm like, there's no more suitcase up here. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I can't deal with this right now. I was like, I'll look for it on the way out. And it was the, the tougher part of the day was trying not to just let that inundate my head. Like, I was frustrated and the, the main reason, I thought that I had actually lost a pair of my pedals in that suitcase as well, but I lost both of my pair pairs of uh, cycling shoes and a pair of hiking shoes that I kind of put off because okay. I had blown through them and I put them in the suitcase. Uh, so, yeah, there's a nice pair of lake cycling shoes off of one of the sides of one of the trees in a suitcase <laughs> and a nice pair of oh, uh, set of, like, uh, bands, some workout bands, but uh, yeah, I got a friend. She's gonna go up that way, and she said she was gonna look. I, I kind of, I looked on the way down as well as I could without like literally stopping parking and walking the entire thing. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my that's the the big loss of the the trip. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I got no tickets. Worse, right? I'm not that I speed. I definitely I'm I'm grandma on the roads. Um I like to just relax and take my time, especially on this trip. I really didn't rush anything. That was nice. Uh but yeah, that's that's if that's the only thing that happened over the entire trip, I'm I'm not complaining. I wasn't even complaining when it happened. I was I feel more hurt, like I couldn't find my stuff. So every day every day I literally would fill these little like bag pockets with like trash or something. I always pick stuff up in the trails and I just, it was more of a conscious thing, leaving, leaving stuff in the woods. I'm like, damn, I can't find it. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so did you feel your fitness improving as you were, uh, you know, taking these off the list, did you feel absolutely like better and better um, shape as you kept going? Yeah, for sure. Isn't that a good feeling? I remember towards the end of my trip, I was just like at the time, like now I, I I'm a runner. I do a lot of ultra running, but at the time I wasn't running really at all. I think I had done a couple shorter running races before then, but I had no intention of, of doing any running out here. But then the last couple peaks, 
I wasn't, you know, I, still, I wasn't really running, but I just remember like my fitness was just on another level. Like I was just, yeah, you just, with no I, effort you know, whatsoever. You, you settle into like a pace and, and for me, and what the nice thing is, um, mm-hmm. I, I had to like kind of explain to people, uh, you know, my pace is fast. Um, it, I got it down pretty quick in the end. I was between like, with a 30 to 40 pound pack, I was at like 25 minute miles. It was pretty wild. Um, 30 that was my last pack, weekend in the Chicago Basin. And I brought, I brought, well, my tent's like three pounds. I don't have a like ultralight setup so much. Um, but yeah, it's probably like 30 pounds, 35 pounds or so. Um, Wow. But yeah, it was just yep, yep. that that by the the last day is the day that I had the the most amazing hike where I just felt like a robot um, was coming out of Chicago Basin, and I was motivated. Yeah. I, I kind of like depleted all of my stuff, and I was ready to get to my vehicle. So I guess that helps. But um, yeah, I blasted through that like 15 miles super fast, and just got done. and was like, whoa. Um, did like the snowmass day was an eye opener because that was one of those days I felt like a hundred percent almost instantly when I was back in my vehicle and I just did twenty five point like eight miles. I almost did a marathon that day because I took a four mile four mile yeah. No, I broke that one. In two days. That was that. But yeah, back when I did it, I broke that up in two days. I hiked up to the lake and camped and then went up to the summit the next day so and then hiked out. I definitely would go back up and, and camp. I like I like that I went in the way I did these because it's kind of like tasting each one. It's like – and now I went back already and did a couple since I finished uh, with my friend. And I brought the fishing pole and went fishing. And, you know, it's like – I'd know better what I'm going into so I could pack better. It's, I kind of like, like the setup. Um, but no, there's a lot, a lot of places I want to go back to. Um, and. Yeah. Snowmass is really one of my favorites, man. And, and I've only been there once and it was just that one time, but I just remember. It I kind of want to do that for uh four pass loop. Cause I think that they came over that and that's the wrong turn oh, I yeah. took by the lake there. And I went too high and ended up going towards the pass instead of going, oh, man, it was a disaster for me. It was like two miles the wrong way, four miles extra. <laughs> I was like already on a long day. I was just telling myself, damn. But uh... <laughs> oh, dude. Funny story. So when I went up there, um, so, yeah, I did it in two days. So the second day I – you know, kind of packed up. What did I do? No, I guess I left my tent down there, went up to the summit, came back down, packed up my tent and was getting ready to hike out. And I ran into these four girls that were um, pretty lost. And they were like, you know, where are we? And how, how far is it to get out? And I was like, it's a long ways out of here. And they had taken a wrong turn. They planned on just going out for like a day hike. And I don't know how, but they ended up some, somewhere up there by the lake. It was you know pretty cool. I think it was actually at the lake where I found these girls and uh, they're like, well, we don't know how to get out of here and stuff. We took a wrong turn. And I'm like, well, my truck is, you know, all the way down, you know, somewhere down by Aspen. It was like 15 miles away or something. And 
And uh, I was like, if you guys, I mean, if, if you guys want to rally and hike all the way down with me, I can get you a ride back to your car. Like, that's no problem if that's what you want to do. But they'd been lost and wandering around in circles for a long time. And they were in a bad way, man. Like, they didn't have wow. any food, didn't have any water. So I ended up giving them all my water. or I, I think I filtered a bunch of water for them. And they didn't have any food. And I was like, listen, I have all these bags of chips down in my truck. If you guys can just make it down there, you'll each get your own bag of chips, you know? And I remember, like, a couple of them, like, they sat down in the middle of the trail and they were crying. This one girl's like, I can't make it. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm just like, I'm telling you, like another five miles and you have your own bag of chips. And finally we made it back to my truck and we we're all hogging down our own bag of chips. And I gave them a ride back to their car and dude, they were, they were lost and they were in a bad way. So <laughs> I was yeah, glad man. I was able to help them out, but just not it's, dude, it's crazy that the things you're running yeah, to out there. Absolutely. Man. No, that's uh the snowmass trail is the only trail that I saw a bear over my entire trip. I was running down. Okay. It's probably okay. like three miles in from the trailhead. So, and they had a sign down there that they've had a lot of bear activity okay. there, I guess. So, but that was the only place I saw a bear. Got it. Yep. When I was out here and I, did, um, I, did, I didn't see any bear that I've seen a couple bears since then because I ended up moving out here. I live in Boulder now, but I didn't see any bears the whole trip. Oh, I did wow. see one mountain lion when I was, uh, yeah, dude, when I was camping and I was getting the next day, I was going to do Tab Wash and Shabano. So I was camping on the road that leading up to those two peaks. And I was just sitting on the tailgate of my truck. I think I was reading the guidebook, trying to figure out my routes for the next day. And I just looked up and maybe like 100 yards away, I just saw this mountain lion just trotting between these trees. And it was just like all muscle. And, my, you know, my first instinct was, man, this is real. Like, that's not the zoo. This is real. <laughs> and you could just tell that thing with lean muscle. And uh, so, you know, I slammed my car door a couple times to let it know I was over there and kind of hit out in my car for a while. And it's pretty that's, that's wild. I don't I've seen mountain lions, but it was pretty I um I only had one night I was really worried about the mountain lions and that was hiking actually probably the hardest night. That was this this will go down as like one of the hardest days for me. I did uh I think it was Sneffels and after Sneffels I went to go hike into Navajo to do um uh Wilson. I think it was Wilson, Wilson Peak, oh, okay. and what ended up happening, I just, it was weird. Um, I brought a hammock in. I was kind of trying to go lighter. There weren't many people in there, and I got in, and it was still light enough for me where I felt comfortable. I was like, you know what, and it, the weather was perfect. There weren't clouds. I was like, I'm going to go try to summit Wilson and, you know, then set up camp and la-di-da. So I get get all the way up there and like literally right as the sun's going over the edge, it's it's just getting like dark, dark. Um, I'm at the fall summit and it's I gotta turn my headlamp on. That's when it like got real to me. <laughs> um got to the summit, looked around, 
the moon was out. But as soon as I dropped down off the summit, I was out of, out of moonlight all the way till I got back to the lake. So it was pretty dark. Um, very interesting trying to find route. So I was, I was just really spooked all around. Um, my headlamp was full charged, but it still just was like, it's like a 250 or 300 lumen um, black diamond headlamp. And I still just felt like I was struggling to find cairns on the way back. And okay. it, it just, I ended up a little low on trail. I found a mine shaft and I contemplated just staying in the mine shaft overnight till it got daylight. <laughs> I, was, I was just uh, like, man, it's like, this is really kind of tolling. And it, it was, it's not that it was scary, like exposure. It's just, you know, what's there. You're making the moves the same. It's just like, I just, if I ever do any kind of nighttime hikes, I'm going to bring like a 500 plus lumen flashlight to find cairns. Like it's <laughs> the headlamp's great for walking, but I'm just going to like, I'm going to be able to find a cairn. Like that was sure. pretty interesting getting sure. down that too. Cause it's the, um, that goalie is just pretty loose and stuff, but it, it was back by the lake. I just felt really off. Like I, I was like, you know, I don't really want to camp here. And I walked down further and there was maybe a couple people and I just didn't feel comfortable. So I ended up just hiking all the way out back to the trailhead. <laughs> um, but on that hike out, I, it was like pretty much from 12 to two in the morning. Um, Hiking out, and I packed a light and not and not a heavy overnight, so I had no, like, knife on my pack. I had no pepper spray, no anything, and I ended up just walking through the woods in the middle of the night with, like, a dim headlamp. Just And I remember within the first five minutes, I panned. I just kind of, like, turned, and I saw these two eyes pop up. I picked up a rock and just threw it in that direction and then just started walking, and I never saw any eyes after that. So... But that was just like how I got to start this walk. And, you know, I, I grew up in the woods. Um, there's animals in the woods. And But I, I even said in a video the following day, like my Facebook live, I was like, I, I was more scared of the hike out. Like, and just because now I'm in, and it's like hunting time for mountain lions. It's, I'm totally at its mercy. I can't see it coming. They're, it's, Yeah. It was an interesting hike, but that was the one time I was worried about them. But like you said, uh, seeing them out there by Tab and Shav, like I remember hiking up, and that terrain, just the dry, deserty kind of, like it's like perfect for them mm -hmm. out there. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Uh, but... Yeah, dude. So, what other peaks did you link up together to make this whole trip go faster? It's, I, mean, I mean, you must have linked up. Uh, yeah, so I'll go really quick. I'll just kind of, I got them all right here. So on day, so I started July 1st, so I can keep it kind of like day one. Um, so day one was Blanca, Ellingwood, Little Bear. Uh, then it was the second double up was Crestone, Peak, and Needle. That was on the fifth. Okay. Then on the sixth, I did Tab and Shav. On the 10th was Mount Harvard in Columbia. On the 11th was Belford, Oxford, Missouri. And then 18th was Challenger and Kit Carson. Um, 
okay. which I went and did again just like last week with my friend. I I really like that area there. It's actually probably one of my favorite like basins. It's just super beautiful. Um, on the twentieth and the twenty-first was my biggest increase. Uh, on the twentieth, I did the Decalibrin loop. Um, okay. and that was the Democrat Cameron Lincoln and Bros. Um, yep. This is a, a kind of real quick story with this day. Uh, I knew I wanted to get those four plus some because it was real quick to get through those four. Um, I was going to initially go for Sherman right after, but for some reason when I was driving out, my phone picked up Sherman as being like an hour and some odd minutes away and Quandary trailhead being closer, which was, I think it some, it just didn't get something right. But um, on the way out after climbing those four, there was a kid with his hood up on the road and uh i just i can't help i gotta stop you know for certain things <laughs> not everything but i saw this kid just and i was like all right i gotta stop and check on this so i walk over and he i was like you good he's like well i got the alternator i just gotta swap it and i was like you got tools and he had a crescent wrench and i was just like oh boy um let me see if I can find my sockets. So I, I help him. I end up helping this kid swap his alternator on the side of the uh, trail there going up to DeCalibrin. Um Takes like an hour. And I knew I was like watching the time go by. I'm like, all right. Um, I got him to a point where I felt comfortable. Like everything was in. He just had to like get the belt on and finish it up. And his brother came and stuff. So I was, I was pretty good. And I'm like, all right, let me go. So, I get in the truck and I, that's when, you know, Google Maps puts me at Quandary closer. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do Quandary because it was still early enough. The day was nice. So I go up, mm-hmm. I hit Quandary, uh, which was actually not bad. The switchbacks going up in there are a little tough, but once you get up to that long kind of ridgeline, it was nice. Um, yep. uh, so I get Quandary, get back down and, uh, I'm like, oh, it's cool, you know, and I know I'm going to Sherman next. So I drive over to Mount Sherman and I'm sitting there for like five minutes and I'm looking and this was earlier, like way earlier in the trip. And I'm like, oh, wow, the sun's not set. I was like, it's going to be nice. Maybe I'll do like a a sunset hike. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I get up Sherman. I don't need headlamp all the way up. I get to to the summit. Finally, like. 10 minutes after being up there, I finally put my headlamp on and, uh, and descend. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I feel good. Now I'm going to drive to where I need to be for tomorrow. So I drove over oh. to Beerstadt and then I hit Beerstadt early in the morning. So that put me at, uh, seven mountains within 24 hours in that little chunk of time. Wow. And that, wow. that was that like, it wasn't, it wasn't that it, it wasn't hard. It, I, like I said, my recovery, it's just it, baffling to me. Um, I did, so I got up Beerstadt and then did the traverse to Evans, which was pretty cool. That was the second or I guess third traverse that I would have, would have done in this trip. Um, okay. And then I, there was only two other people on Mount Evans because the road was closed. So that was really nice. And the weather was oh. not so good. So people weren't. I guess it's not that it wasn't so good when there were clouds coming in. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So maybe they got off early, but right as I got back to my vehicle, it started like lightning and thundering up there. And I was like, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my again. Yeah. Um, so, so those, those days that was beer stat and Evans after the decaliber and loop quandary and Sherman. And then the following day was Gray's and Tories. Um, and then on the 25th, I did Castle and Conundrum, and I did those with my friend Kirsty. We because we decided we were going to do all the uh, the maroons together to get all the other hard ones because okay. we did the Crestones, so we were going to do the maroons. Yep. So uh, Castle Peak Conundrum. Then we did this the the maroon and North Maroon solo. We did maroon one day, North Maroon. We didn't put them together. We just figured they were, they were long, hard hikes, it seems, so we didn't want to, like, burn ourselves too bad. Um, after that, I had uh, the Red Cloud and Sunshine Day was fun. Um, that was – I did Red Cloud, Sunshine, and then I was going to drive up to Handy's. That's the Yankee boy, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, yep. um, I was going to drive up and camp. But I got up there and I was like, man, I, I'm just going to get this one done today. And what it nice. did, and in my head, I was kind of like right on track with my goal at that point. And uh, so by getting handies done that day, I actually gained myself a whole extra day. And that's, okay. that's what set me up to not burn myself out for Chicago Basin. Had I not done that for myself i might have tried to do chicago basin and climb but i would have messed up because i totally underestimated that hike in by like seven miles <laughs> and, and just i i completely forgot about seven miles and five thousand feet of elevation it just seemed like i left needle um the needleton trailhead and I, I didn't take the train. We hiked all the way in from Purgatory Trail and all that stuff um, okay. six years ago. But I just completely seemed to have washed out the, the difficult points. And it was like, <laughs> poof, I was in Chicago Basin. But this time I I was able to remember all of it now. But, um, <laughs> but no, so that was that one day gave me because that was a 15 mile hike day getting into Chicago basin. So that was like a, and 5,000 feet. So it was like a, a mountain day in itself oh, yeah. and allowing myself that. And, um, but yeah, other than those ones, uh, I did for the way I set up my journey, I finished in Chicago basin cause I had done those four and I wanted to finish somewhere where I thought I had known what I was getting myself into. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the mountains were great. It was actually much easier this time around to do Aeolus. Sunlight Peak, I feel, was super fun. If you've ever, if you've done it once, the second time, it just it's super breezy. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so on the sixth, I technically finished my 14ers with the El Diente Traverse to Mount Wilson, um, oh, nice. which was that was like my treat to myself. And that was after the Wilson peak night. And I gave myself, cause I got back to my vehicle at like two in the morning. I didn't climb that day. So that was one of the first real break days I gave myself. Like I just, I didn't want to like sleep for three or four hours and turn around and go try to climb again. I, especially I was I, mentally, that was a tough night. <laughs> it was, 
long, tough, just freaking me a little. Um, but yeah, so on the sixth, I finished my 14ers with El Dante and, and Mount Wilson. And that would be uh, one of, and then the Aeolus and North Aeolus, and then Wyndham and Sunlight doubled up. So those, that's pretty much how I, most of them are the standard doubles, I guess you would say, like mm-hmm. the Grays and Tories. Uh, now, to do Aeolus and North Aeolus, I did something fun. And I thought about hindsight. I thought of a funner way to do it. For people that have that, like, what is it you have to descend and ascend? How many feet? Like 300 or something, they say, to for okay. for you to I, – I don't know the rules per se. I just know people. Oh. Like, to count a second peak, you have to descend so far and reascend. Yeah. Um, and yeah. The, I thought it was more than that, actually. I thought it was like a couple thousand, but you might be right. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, the So North Aeolus is one of the notorious ones that's just like, it's only like 100 feet from the saddle to get up to that. Right, it barely counts. Uh, it yeah. may be a little more than that. It's, it's, uh, so what I did is I did Aeolus first and then went up North Aeolus, down it, and back up it. Because... <laughs> There was, there was a lot of people coming up, and I just didn't want to mess with down climbing that, like, little notch okay. to get up to the catwalk. So uh, if, if I didn't technically get that one, I, I don't know. But I, I did yes. the credit. <laughs> not like any, nobody's counting, man. Yeah, no, I, I know. Just, I, there was, I think, only, like, one or two days people brought that up. And I, the, the lady I was with, we kind of cracked up at one point. It was going up to uh, Challenger or uh, not Challenger, uh, Conundrum and Castle Peak because you can drive right up there, and I guess it's within two thousand feet, so that somebody would yeah. say, and that's where I think you're right with a couple thousand. But but yeah, I, it was it was just funny, and that was my little joke to myself. I was like, you know, I'll just go up North Aeolus twice, and it, it, it took a matter of like twelve extra minutes. It's so sure. yeah. it's, it's solid rock and it's just super fun. You could like run up and down that thing. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the, the, so that's that's pretty much the double up days. I mean, I guess there's a lot of days that were doubled up. The those two days where I handled eight peaks in you know like 48 hours definitely put me ahead of. That's what made this unsung challenge to myself more feasible but for sure and again it was just it's just unbelievable how like i just i was able to pretty much stay stay on top of my physique throughout it i drank i mean i was definitely mm-hmm. drinking water um drinking those body armor drinks and i actually kind okay. of I, I dig them um little more than Gatorade. I drank a lot of Gatorade though, but those body armor drinks were nice in between. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Lots of peanut butter and jelly. Like pretty much, pretty much two, two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day. It was like a ritual every day. I would like make the two for the next day, the night before or first thing in the morning, have a case with me that I would always have with me. That's like a great snack to have out there. Uh, Mm. Yeah, was, and then just eating lots of food in between. <laughs> yeah, 
Did you camp every night or did you take any, any rest days with like hotels or anything like that? I did not stay in a hotel once from the time I left. Oh, nice. Uh, Okay. Actually there's, it comes with a price. I also think I only took like three showers in actual, (laughs) an actual shower. Um, It was uh, in Buena Vista. There's a laundry place uh, called, Lolly lollies or something um okay they got a really nice shower <laughs> okay. uh, so that, i know there's was... one in leadville too i've been to that leadville laundromat slash like shower place that uh, a lot of people breeze through while they're doing the colorado trail and whatnot so oh my god it's such a great setup <laughs> it's such a great setup i like it um i think i washed my laundry more times than i took a shower um, really <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did, you know, my stream, stream rinse, and it was nice, you know, yep. so, soak the ankles, kind of get the dirt off the legs and little, little rinse mm-hmm. off, but uh, yeah, so no no hotels, um, nice. I, That's impressive. I tent camped probably, probably about 15 nights out of the 40, okay, um, okay car camping but it was it was kind of a fun car camp it was like pop the hatch open in the back and just my air mattress so I could lay there and look out I was able to back up and like face my vehicle at like the mountains a couple times I could like lay there and just stare at the mountain there um yeah that's the best it was it was that was I was just telling someone I think that's the thing that I missed the most um my housemate asked me he's like how do you like your bed and I was like, honestly, I was like, it's it's overrated. I liked having a bed where I wanted it every night, mm-hmm. like like getting to a trailhead that I wanted to be at, or or just being where somewhere else anytime. That was kind of nice. I mean, yeah, it's fun to like get in my bedroom and have a bed, but it's, yeah, I, I like the concept of just going places. It's and it's it. That was, you know, part of taking advantage of this this time and place for this adventure is most times people, like, with responsibilities, you go off and do something like this. You're going to get a lot of a lot of crap from people like, what are you doing? You know, it's, well, in right now in the world, it's like there is nothing else going on. So there's no – I'm not – messing around or or wasting time you know it's like or 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 avoiding work or doing anything like it's it's hard uh what's the word i'm looking for i'm not like mess just i don't want to use it like messing around i'm not i don't have to explain to anyone that i was not doing anything and it's and like typically that would be not good. It's like, oh well, you got a job, you have rent, bills, and it's like, yeah, it's all being taken care of. But um, this might be the only time you ever get to do something like this, you know? Yeah, yeah and you got to take advantage, man. And I guess one of the things, like, I spent a lot of time in my life. I guess you kind of with with you ask, you know, what makes me go do this or something. Um, you know, saying I wanted to do things and. And a big part is of mountain climbing for me is 
is like the bigger goal. I do want to climb bigger mountains. I do want to do more stuff. So that's a big part. So this is also a stepping stone. So getting this taken care of is putting me in line for the next big journey, I, I guess, essentially. Um, the ultimate goal someday, I'd love to to climb McKinley or Denali. Ah, uh, uh, okay. That would be the ultimate. <laughs> the, uh-huh. the top of the continental U.S., but uh, no, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is great experience for that, man. So you're setting yourself up for, for success, you know. It's not like if you did do one of those big peaks, it's not like you're going out there totally green like a lot of people do. You've already got the experience. Yeah, and it'll make it a lot more enjoyable. Lot, sure, 100%. Bigger, bigger goal. Um, but, uh, no, this, it's, it's been crazy. Um, I kind of wanted to go do the California 14ers to tell you the truth. Uh, Uh, more than a few people bring it up. Um, (laughs) and I did, before I left Colorado, I contemplated it and I mean, I put thought into it when I got back, but unfortunately with, with the fires and everything going on, I just kind of, I feel that it's not in my best interest to attempt that this year. Yep. Probably not the best time. Yeah. There's too much, too much going on over there. For sure. I'm curious, like, um, I don't know how much time you've spent in Colorado before this, but um, did you have any favorite parts of Colorado or like favorite little mountain towns or any places you want to go back to revisit? Uh. Silverton is probably my favorite little mountain town. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And I like it for for the winter side, uh, as well as as well as the summer side. Um, yep. One of the, I I really enjoyed being there in the winter snowboarding. It's yeah. such a great place. Um, okay. okay. But uh, the the southern San Juans, uh, Durango, Ure, that that mm-hmm. part of Colorado is just and like I said, ever since I did the Chicago Basin, I guess I, I fell in love with that part. Now, I mean, like I said, uh, I definitely like the Kit Carson Challenger Basin. There's a lot of beautiful areas. Mount Lindsay, oh my God, like the basin around Mount Lindsay was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, it's really hard. There's basins I haven't seen that I'll probably fall in love with if I do see them, but. But uh, the Southern San Juan still holds a pretty good chunk of chunk of my uh, my heart. It's just between the the little towns. Don't get me wrong, I, the UHV and ATV stuff in Ure was obscene. I just there was so it was it's crazy, just like a dust yep. storm from all the four wheelers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was a little insane. Um, just a little overwhelming just everywhere but but other than that I mean that area was pretty nice uh yeah it's beautiful out there yeah I mean it's all it's all so beautiful it's it really is man I wish I wish I took the blue lake approach in the sneffles I saw some pictures and oh my gosh now that's like so future trip I'll probably end up going and taking the blue lakes up into Sneffels just to to go see them. I remembered seeing the lakes off of it, and I was just like, "Wow, look at the color of these lakes!" It's like 
so oh, cool. yeah, dude. But um, it's it's sick. It's so beautiful out there, man. But yeah, I guess Silverton, Durango. That's probably my favorite little area. Um, that's cool. You know, uh, I kind of I kind of like Crestone. That's a fun little town. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. it was a fun little town for sure. Uh, not that I'm like, I'm definitely not like, <laughs> I feel like there's, there's all types, all types of people there. It's, it's an interesting town, which is what makes it fun. And they actually sure. had a definitely. pretty, pretty clutch grocery store. One of the best stocked grocery stores out of all of the trip. Like in Crestone. Yeah. For a small town. Oh. Grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Like, just okay. I guess they get a lot of people there for for um, Challenger and Kit Carson because there's mm-hmm. no, they don't have an industry there, which is another weird thing. There's no like ski or they just have a little hipster town with just like a checkpoint for people to come through. Yep, for sure. But um, yeah, man. But yeah, before I mean. I, Another thing is I actually never went into any major city. Um, I actually avoided them at all costs. I tried to stay off of highways as much as possible. Um, I didn't make it into Denver. I didn't do any major city anything, which is crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Considering how much, That's a good trip right there. how much of Colorado I covered, and I never – I might have passed through, like – uh, what might I have had? No, I pretty much stayed in the mountains. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a good trip right there. I mean, it's not like you were here to go visit the, the cities anyways. You might as well just steer clear of them and just stay in the mountains. That's what this trip was all about. Yeah. And I'm definitely happy that it worked out like that. It was, uh, so I'm curious, like, like, what did you learn about yourself while you were out there? I mean, are you coming away from this trip like somewhat of a different person? Um, or, uh, you know, what were you like before versus now, if, if there was any change at all? Or, or what's your thoughts there? Um, as far as, you know, personal gains from this trip, um, I definitely – it's <laughs> – unintended the biggest thing I've ever done um for myself yeah. like a, as far as a goal thing, uh yep that's how it was for me it's looking back it's I'd say the their perseverance like um there was definitely you know there's there's hard times but it's it, looking back on it there's not that much of a hard time because I would push it out so fast like find find a way to get by it um i i guess i found ways to just to not not look at how hard something was and and just like push through a wall um there were numerous times where i i i do this on my bike too <laughs> it's kind of funny I just kind of, I create checkpoints in my head. And if I get to one, I've got to get to the next. So like when I did Mount Wilson or Wilson Peak, 
that night, I had gotten to the point where I could see the peak, but it was sketchy for me to go from that fall summit to the peak. And I actually, like, for a moment right there, said to myself that I really make it this far and I have to turn around. And, and I was like, I don't want to do this again. I was like, I'm, I just, I don't. And I stayed there for a second and then I turned back around and I went and did it. Um, and I, I've had a few of those moments over the trip where like La Plata, where I had some lightning and then some trail runner came up by me and he's like, I'm like, are you going for it? He's like, yeah. I was like, He's like, there's a window, and I look up, and it's blue sky again, and I was like, oh, boy. And I ended up running up with it and getting it. But that day I had to tell myself, like, that was one of the harder days because I actually made a decision to turn around. Um, and for me, I, in the video I made, too, I was just like, I got to come back to this shit. And I was just, like, so mad um, <laughs> getting put – it's just – it's. For me, that's it's a variable that I don't have control of. I don't necessarily get mad. I understand what's wrong, but I just don't like it. <laughs> um, and uh, so I had I had a few moments where I pushed through some hard walls, and I thought about it while I was doing it. How I could, how and why there's no reason to not have the same kind of push and drive anywhere in my life. Um, and I wanted to translate that same kind of drive into my cycling and vice versa. Cause I definitely, like I was saying, I would create checkpoints on my bike and, and I did it here with the hiking. And every time I get to one, I I'm going to get to the next one. It's like, and I very rarely did I not get to one. Um, with well with the cycling what i do is i'll i'll come up with a hundred excuses of what i'm going to tell my friends like i went through both my flats or my spare tires or this and that and by the time i'm like done thinking i already passed my checkpoint and then i can't turn around <laughs> so i'm like kind of in it um but with with the trip it just i found solitude everything I've ever done in my life, I always call someone to go do it with or, or usually don't follow someone into something, but I need to see someone do something at times to, to like, let me want to do it. But, um, being able to just go out and do this solo, I mean, minus, you know, climbing the hard ones and having a good climbing partner was definitely clutch. But, uh, a lot of this solo trip was just like, it was, it was, it was nice. <laughs> it was definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, that's invaluable. I mean, you walk away from that with uh, just more of a found confidence about yourself, you know, um, you know, just being out there on your own, you know, stuck with your own thoughts for hours and hours on end and just knowing that you did it all by yourself. Um, you know, like I said, my trip that when I did, uh, Sort similar to your trip, came out and did all the fourteeners. I look back on my life, and that was definitely the best trip that I've ever done. And I did it all by myself, or most of it was by myself. Um, and uh, I mean, I just look back on that with such a, a great fondness. Like, 
Like that is um, not the apex of my life, but definitely one of the, the, the best memories for sure. Looking back, like it, it's tough to that's, that. That's a great way to say it. Uh, I've, I've got some crazy stuff in my life, but this trip will be one. It's going to be, it, it, it's not going anywhere. It'll be in my head forever. It's no. Oh yeah. You're going to remember it forever. Constantly re- like reminded of it when I look out and see no mountains and I'm just looking at these four. But uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's a great way to say it. It's definitely, it's, it'll be, it's going to be hard to, to recreate like the, just the aspects of this, you know, it's, it was definitely a good time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. There's. You set the bar high for for the next time you go on vacation when there's no mountains and you've only got a weekend to kill. It's just like, ah, uh, okay, <laughs> this isn't really all that exciting compared to uh, the big trip to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I I'll have to do this, but I'll have to do it with them all in snow now, and get some other crazy folks. Oh hell yeah! That that I've been is that something you're really thinking about? I definitely about? want to do some in the winter because um, there's there's mm-hmm. there's routes and and then just training aspects of the winter side of it that I would really like to get into. Um, mm-hmm. But it would For sure. it would be a fun challenge because as a snowboarder, I would definitely be interested in going up mountains in the winter. Oh, yeah. Being able to like cruise down and stuff, but uh, for sure, hike up, snowboard down. Oh yeah, I mean, it'll make it'll make yeah. summer hiking seem a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, but uh, you'd probably actually cut time off in the winter time. Oh, your ascents and descents overall. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine just like when you're on the snow versus mm-hmm. going up and scrambling and all that. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. something I I look forward to doing. I got a friend out in uh, Utah who's been doing a lot of climbing. I I'm gonna try to meet up with him and and I'd like to to build on my climbing skills where I could do some more technical routes and and have a little more mm-hmm. a little more fun with For it. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure your fitness level is at uh, you know kind of a high point right now. It's- so. Um, and there's still, you know, there's still some time left in the summer. We're creeping into uh, September right now, but, um, yeah, take advantage of that fitness, man. You know, keep it going as long yeah, as you can. Yeah. You know, my, my breathing is great. My lungs are great. Just the, I definitely used a whole different group of muscles in my legs for the past 40 days than for cycling, which I can feel cause I've been cycling like pretty much the past few days again. Um, getting on it with the groups local groups and uh well i could feel it <laughs> it's a little but um yeah but other than yeah. that no i feel i feel great and i'm gonna try to continue Dude, try to keep keep ass. the fitness at this level you know i didn't lose a lot of weight um i also probably gained a bit of it on the week journey back home uh <laughs> the cosmic brownies they are 100 percent rocket fuel but they are addicted they are addictive. Um, oh, dude. When I was out here, I just remember eating so much. Like, my appetite was completely insatiable. Like, I remember one day stopping and eating, like, at Chipotle. 
And then I was driving down the road and I saw like a Qdoba and I'm like, dude, I'm so hungry. I'm going to stop and get another burrito. <laughs> I did that one day and a bunch of my friends on Facebook, I, I posted, I was like, yeah, just a, I think I got like a, a double Whopper with bacon and like a, a crispy chicken from Burger King. And then there was no Wendy's. And then I drove down the road and there was a Wendy's. So I got a, a, a Baconator from Wendy and I ate <laughs> in like 15 minutes and my friends, Whoa. I was like, Oh my God, this is perfect. And that food was gone yeah. within like 24 hours. But Oh yeah. You're just burning it right up. It's just like paper that, to the fire. I man. You put that burger in and it just goes. Right I was eating. I'm, yeah. That, that appetite hasn't particularly gone away. Um, Oh yeah, no, you, you'll hold on to that for it's a good pretty, month or so. It's pretty tough to <laughs> not eat. I'm. I was looking at yeah. some numbers though, and um, I just I'd like I'd like to try to but to maintain it. I thought I was burning a lot more calories, um, but I'd like to if I could find a way to continue to burn like fifteen hundred to two thousand calories a day, then then I could continue this eating habit. Mm. But if no. If not, then, <laughs> then you got to kind of. That's a lot of cycling. I know it's over 100 miles a day. <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. No, we you got, got, we, it, got a, we actually, um, there's a race this weekend in Alabama that I, I signed up for. Um, so we'll see. That's the Alabama Criterion Championship. I, I, I don't win a jersey, but I'm going to go try to oh. take first on the podium. <laughs> We'll see. Okay. We'll see how that right works. Cool, man. Well, I'll be looking for you. I want to see like a, a Facebook post or something, man. I'll I'll, I'll be uh, I'll have an eye. Yeah, on no, it's sure. I, it's the only race I might get of the year, so I'm I'm gonna go give it my own, see what you want and go take this it. and put it put it on the table because I I did kind of I did kind of use man. it this trip as an excuse to you know like cross train and stay in shape, so. It's, Hundred percent. Well, get out there and send it, dude. Let those guys know how we do it in Colorado. Man, we I was just talking with people. Everyone's fit yeah. out there. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. It's crazy. Everybody. I know, man. I live in Boulder. Everybody's fit. Like overweight people are literally the minority around <laughs> here. Like, you know, you if you see someone who's overweight, like I feel bad for them. I think, man, this has got to be a rough place to live. And I don't, I don't know if that's a mean thing to say, but yeah, like everybody's just into, into something outdoors, like, you know, kayaking, climbing, bicycling, like everybody's got like two outdoor hobbies that they're really, really passionate about. So that's, I mean, that's why I moved here. That's why. I yeah, no, here. it's a very tempting place to be. Oh, I know, dude. I know. Well, dude, anytime you come back, look me up. Uh, I got a spare bedroom here, and uh, I know um, we've been up a lot of the same peaks, but I, I've got some uh, secret routes up a handful of them now, too, so I can show you a couple new routes awesome. and uh, be fun to hang out, man. I've, I've enjoyed uh, comparing notes for sure just because, like I said, man, I just wanted to reminisce because I look back to that trip of mine, and it was like one of the best times of my life. And I just think back and it's like, I, I don't, it, 
it's like sort of surprising and shocking that I even found it in me to go out and do that right? by myself. That's you know, that's it's like probably one of the most it's like I kind of Yeah, it's like I kind of blow my own mind. It's like I can't believe I had the balls to come out and do all that all you know by myself. Like it was just incredible. And you know, like we said earlier, I'm just gonna carry it with me forever. So I just had to hear Yeah, man, I really actually enjoyed enjoyed talking about it and and hearing your good parts and, yeah. and stuff too, that's good stuff. Um, For sure. Did you write any of it down? Like, were you journaling uh, along the I, way? I did a little bit, but to tell you the truth, I actually did. I enjoyed sitting. Um, I sat a few days ago and finished up with the last, like, maybe eight days. But I sat for a couple hours and just, like, opened up my phone looked at a couple pictures and I'm able to kind of like fall back into that day. And I just kind of thought about the days. And then I wrote down a bunch of notes on each, on each mountain and particular, like certain, you know, certain high sites, low sites and everything for, for each one. But yeah, for each day I did write uh, some notes and just something to kind of look back on. Um, And uh, no, I was just going to ask. So I don't know if, Back then, if you were like techie and stuff and tracking, um, did you by chance track your your elevation gain over your trip? No, I didn't. Um, so yeah, that's another thing I was going to ask you is if you were carrying like a spot or a Delorme or anything I'm like not, that. To, I'm not to, gonna um, not gonna give spot complete credit, but uh, I I had one, but what happened was is they required an update, so it actually didn't work properly while I had it out with me. Um, so oh, um, I got to contact them. I got a friend in there, but I did have one. Um, I have my own. I will be using it for hopefully this uh, Delta Epic bike race that a friend of mine puts on in Mississippi and on the 6th of October. It's a 300-mile gravel race. It's good stuff. Um, oh sweet oh man, <laughs> it's awesome. a phone but uh no so my pretty much means of getting out there to people for my safety was pretty much facebook live on the summits my mom uh, okay that's how she knew i was alive every day like she would check the, she would check my videos <laughs> at, by the end of the day and um but because i would have service at on most summits uh and i was able to just i could yeah. give a little check-in i guess in a sense, it's not so pleasant, though, because, like, the night I was on Wilson Peak, I checked in on the peak, and it was night, but no one heard from me for a day and a half. So, that you know, it could be a little hairy, and I'm sorry. I know she, oh, yeah. she was a little worried, for sure. Um, but <laughs> the spot, I, I'll just, if anyone has one, make sure you update it before you leave your house and computer. I just got it. it Okay, that's actually that's a pro tip because I, I have one and I haven't yeah. used it in a while, so I'll have to look into yeah, that. That's, that's what I did, and I just used mine October last September last year, and I didn't think I would need to do anything of the sort. Pulled it out, put batteries in, and had it going, and it just logged on, and it just said, "Oh, you need an update. Got to plug it into a computer." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I can't exactly do that out here, and not like in the hotel." <laughs> but um, yep. but no. Hey, that's what Facebook's for, I guess, right? Yeah. And, you know, uh, a lot of people out there have devices. So I definitely recommend having something um, 
probably should have had something better to alert in case of a incident. Um, the other thing I learned mm-hmm. later in my trip is uh, buy a uh, Colorado fishing license. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a pro tip right there because if you something happens, uh, you have an insured free helicopter yes, right out. For sure. Yep. That is a, a pro tip right there. That's probably one of the the king pro tips of uh, of Colorado. If you're going to be out here doing the 14ers or any sort of backcountry hiking, um, probably that counts for backcountry skiing. Uh, I would assume, yeah, definitely buy a fishing license so you can get that helicopter ride out for free if, God forbid, yeah. something happens. Indeed. Yep, 100%. That's a good one. Yes, sir. Cool, man. Well, it was awesome talking with you, Jason. I yeah, it. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, it was great hearing. No, quick, I was going to say, um, I, I tallied up the elevation gain. That's why I asked if you if you knew. I came oh, yeah. up with uh, yeah. 179,900 feet. Just, Oof. I'm writing just about that down. 34 and a half miles, I think. <laughs> 179,000. Uh, let me see. Samson notes. Um, yeah, where'd he go? Oh, yeah, here, screenshot. 179,990. <laughs> wow. 30, 34, well, five, miles, what, 5,286 feet or something like that? Some, it's like, so just about 34 miles straight up. That was, that was probably one. Wow. Wow. I just, I remembered reading every day on my Garmin, it would say like uh, how many floors I climbed. And I just found that kind of comical every day. Seeing like between 300 <laughs> and 500 on my, on my, my uh, it actually started to, uh, and I, uh, sorry to I cut you off from that, but it actually started to put my averages up in those numbers. Like it was expecting me to do. So it was, it was pretty funny. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> And it's at altitude too, you know, so it's not like this is floors you'd be climbing at sea level, you know, most of these are starting at 10,000 feet. Yeah. That is, that's as stout as it gets, man. That's it right there. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. I had no elevation problems. I meant to tell you that too. That's good. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Normally it takes me like just like a few days to sort of acclimate if I'm coming from sea level, like when I was coming from Wisconsin really only took like a few days, but there was a a small sort of period of adjustment, but you're lucky, man, because I have friends when they come out here and visit me, everybody reacts differently to the altitude. Some people throw up, some people get dizzy, some people pass out. Some people just need to lay down and like take an ibuprofen and take a 15 minute nap. Like, like there's no, there's no like rule across the board. Everybody's a little bit different. So you're lucky in that sense. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, awesome talking with you, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate the invite. And uh, like I said, I I really enjoy talking with you too, man. It's, it's nice to reminisce and cool. I definitely absolutely absolutely be in touch. And I look forward to uh, potentially getting up some, uh, some cool routes with you and, and get some more trips. 100%. For sure, man. You come back, you look me up for sure, because uh, 
now that I've been out here for a little while, I got some good stuff to show you. So um, it'd be fun, man. Be a lot of fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Cool, brother. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, talk soon, man. Have a great night. All right, Mr. Adam. You have a good one. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy this podcast, consider supporting us by making a donation. You can click support this podcast and choose an amount. I've given a ton of free content and I really don't want to start bringing in sponsors if I don't have to. If you like it, a couple of bucks a month goes a long way. Or you can share this podcast on social media. You can write a review or you can tell a friend about it. I appreciate any support I can get from you guys. It really means the world to me. Also, if you guys are in need of any sort of supplements, I can set you up there too. Protein powder, vitamins, energy drinks, you name it. All healthy stuff. I've got you guys covered. I'm talking about the good stuff here too. Um, Not those cheap vitamins with a bunch of filler. This is high, high quality stuff. Did you know that 80% of people with COVID are vitamin D deficient? I can get you that D. You want to be taking at least 5,000 IUs a day. Zinc and C are really important too. Hit me up. I can get it all for you. You can find me at big-things-crewing.com. Let me know what you need and I can send you over to our store. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Get outside and do big things.